So today we are going to uh, be looking at Hebrews. We're in chapter 6. And uh, in chapter 6, it talks about pressing on to maturity. And right before it says that, it says, leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, the very, the very foundational, basic message about Jesus, that's something that should be, we should be able to press on past. We don't forget it, but we can move on just past those things. And I just wonder how many of us, how, how, can you pass a test on the basics? Can you pass a test on the basics? So now in in chapter 6, I want to start out by uh, just spurring on your thinking a little bit in regards to the basics of Christianity or the the elementary message about Jesus, about the Christ. In verse, uh, well, let me read, starting and go with me in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. Let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Notice, this is a laying again a foundation of repentance. From dead works and faith towards God. Those are very basic things. Repentance, very basic. Do you know what repentance is? Do you know what faith in God involves? Boy, those do sound very simple and very basic, right? And so we might know some things about repentance and about faith. But look at verse number two. It says, of instruction about washings. What is that a reference to? And some of you might, uh, and remember, this is a a list of basic things. What is a reference to instruction about washings? And some of you might be a little bit like, um, hey, wait a second, Eric. My my translation, what translation are you using? Because mine says about instruction about baptism. It mentions baptisms. What What is this talking about? This is a very basic, according to this own passage, the the writer of Hebrews is saying this is basic stuff. So what do you think this is referring to? You know, and this is elementary stuff. Is it washings? Is it baptisms? Well, we know about baptisms, right? But wait, do you? So if you translate that baptisms, then, you you know, we'd automatically flash to to the waters behind me. Um, perhaps in these waters, this very particular baptistry is where some of you were buried into Christ and rose to live again. I see one head shaken. Um, another one. Shalma? You're, oh, yes, I know you were immersed here. It's so beautiful. Brother Jay? Yeah, some, some people who have uh, been baptized here. Ted, well, Tim, wasn't, it wasn't far from here you were immersed, right? It was real close, right over a couple buildings away. Beautiful thing. So we know about baptisms. Or wait, do we know about baptisms or do we know about a baptism? Ephesians chapter 4, it mentions there is one baptism. So I look at this verse, and if you translate that, instructions about 
baptisms, that's plural. But there's only one according to Ephesians. What are you going to do with that? Interesting question, isn't it? And if you can have Ephesians chapter 4 say there is only one baptism, and then you could jump here to Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 2, and it mentions instructions about baptisms. How do those verses work together? Do they contradict each other? Hmm, interesting question. You know what, though? My uh, sermon's not about that today. But my point is this. When it comes to washings, when it comes to baptisms, or the one baptism, that is listed here in a list of things about foundational things, elementary teachings. Now, I hope some of you might have an idea in mind of, well, I think I know what that means, Eric. But maybe some of you would be like, hmm, that's interesting. I never thought it. I haven't paid attention to this verse. You know, what is this? Let's consider it. I really want to know, Eric. You got my attention now. Don't start talking about something else, but but I am. The point is this. This is listed with an elementary teaching. If you don't have an answer for this, or if you don't have an idea in mind at least of, well, this is how I view this verse. I've looked at this before. I considered this. This is my understanding. If, If you're not there, then... I want you to consider that some of the basics are still ready for you to be grabbed a hold of. Some elementary things are just waiting for you to dig in and learn them. And you need to learn the basic things so that you can be ready to press on to maturity. I I hope that if this is a question, if this just mentioning this verse and this idea about instruction about Washings or instructions teaching about baptisms. If that's an interesting topic to you, and you don't really know what, what it's talking about, you don't have an answer for it, I hope that in a week from now, or six months from now, or that a couple of years from now, that you will no longer have that question. Because I want us to, I don't want us to say, oh, I don't know anything. Oh, I'm pathetic. I don't even know what this is talking about. I don't even understand what he's talking about. Washings versus baptisms. How could there be two different words there? What's the deal? I hope that's not going to be the case for you. But if it is now, then I hope in time that you'll wrestle with it and come to have an understanding of what it means or what it might mean. We're not going to stay as infants when it comes to knowing the scripture and being able to practice our faith. We're going to grow up. So the heart of this lesson today then is this, that the Bible has a lot to say. And the question is, are you making progress in understanding it? Understanding the information, understanding God and what he wants us to know, understanding Jesus And then are you making progress in your application of it? If not, then you are, as we're about to learn, you are dull of hearing. Your ears are lazy. You are being sluggish to hear. It is up to us to grow. So it is always time to grow. There is always this opportunity to learn something new and do something better 
regarding your faith and your commitment to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. We'll back up just a little bit. In verse number 10, it mentioned, and we looked at this last week, talking about Jesus being the high priest. According to, this is the end of verse 10, the order of Melchizedek. I didn't even mention anything. I I read that verse last week. Didn't even talk about who was Melchizedek. Didn't talk about it at all, did I? How many of you um, think you know who Melchizedek is? Raise your hand. You know, you got an idea a little bit who Melchizedek was. Who who among you says, "Um, Eric, I don't have any clue who this is. Melchizedek, who is that? You know, a couple of honest hands. Well... I'm not going to talk about that one either. (laughs) But verse 11 says, look at verse 11 now, concerning him, Melchizedek. We have much to say, and the book of Hebrews is going to go on to talk about him a lot. We have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. So just this mention of Melchizedek shows that they have become dull of hearing. You look up that word dull of hearing, because that's a little weird. You know, we, have, we can understand the like dull eyesight, dull sound, you know, but dull of hearing, you know. They're having a, the, the word actually means lazy or sluggish is what the definition it's given with, the, with that Greek word. Lazy or sluggish. They're lazy in hearing. Now, that kind of makes sense to me. They're a little bit slow of hearing, sluggish, lazy. Um, You know, I kind of, I can understand being slow to listen, right? And there's even a book, and the writer of James says, be quick to listen. We know what that is, right? If I say be quick to listen, man, that's the first, I think it's the first Bible verse we taught our kids. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's a good verse for life, but it's being quick to listen. Who should we be quick to listen to? God. One of the greatest commandments to Israel is to hear, O Israel. That's a command. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. It used to be confusing to me to think that hear is a command, but it is. Listen, Israel. The first thing you must do is listen, and you've got to be quick to listen. Intent to listen, as we've been studying through Proverbs. A lot of the Proverbs are, you know, listen to instruction. Listen, listen, listen. These folks don't even know about Melchizedek. And so that is proof that they are lazy, slow, sluggish to listen. Let's continue on. Verse number, verses 12 and 13. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. So spiritually, 
And in regards to the oracles of God, the writer here, the Holy Spirit, through some particular man, we don't know who wrote this, but he is saying, when it comes to understanding God's word, you're just a baby. You're an infant. You need bottle fed. That would be our language today, I guess. Probably not their language back then. Bottle fed, that didn't mean much to them, did it? But to us, we understand that. You need milk. You're not ready for solid food. You know, usually by the time we turn 50 years old, we're not drinking milk from a bottle. That's not a good picture. And spiritually, he is telling these folks, your level of understanding is way below where it needs to be. You are sluggish of hearing. All right, so anybody here, you've learned a little bit about something about Jesus. You learned that he has died to save you from your sins. Some very basics that are right before us as we come around the communion table today to remember Jesus allowed his body to be hung upon that cross and that he bled and it's his blood that can cleanse us of our sins. Very basic stuff. If you've learned that, you got a little bit of faith in it. You need to be compelled to dig in and learn more and more so you can appreciate your Savior more. Don't just keep drinking milk. You need to be ready for solid food. Verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature. Who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So this is a, an interesting verse here to kind of break down and look at it. First of all, if you don't grow up in the faith, if you're just drinking milk, you're not going to understand the difference between good and evil. So I recommend that you heed this verse and that you practice. You pr- put into practice, because of practice, these folks have their senses trained. Because of practice. I, I, I'm going to add a little little bit of my understanding of, in this context, what it means to put into practice. Put into practice what? The, who, because of practice, have their, have their senses trained. So I, I said training comes through constant practice. As you look at the outline there for verse 14, it says, and I, I put, I think this is studying God's word and doing it. And I think it's studying God's word personally. And it's also studying God's word in community so that we can as be iron and sharpen iron as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another when we are in community and discussing these things and talking about them that's putting it into practice that's our bible study is not just personal it's us working together and figuring things out it's me having a an idea that is so brilliant that I want to share it with somebody else and then somebody else says Yeah, but Eric, have you considered this verse? And I say, oh, maybe my idea wasn't so great. And it's it's, I'm putting it into practice and I'm discussing it and talking about it. And I'm also then living it out. Every day I'm putting it into practice. I understand God's promises that are spoken of in chapter 6. And I'm just living by those promises, believing that what God says is true and real. Believing that he is with me and believing I don't have to fear anything that any man might say, but I'm just going to fear him and act according to what he wants me to do. So this idea of training coming through constant 
practice. Constant practice. Is there any way that your life reflects constant practice? In the Word of God, being in it, studying it with others, and then going out and doing it. Does your life reflect that? That you're practicing it, putting it into action, trying things out. And the other thing that's interesting about that verse, the idea of practice, there is a, is a sense that, that came through in one of the dictionaries that it's like experimenting, trying. And that's what we are to do with our faith, with our knowledge of God, is that we, all right, he says it, so I'm going to try it, I'm going to do it. It's a little bit like it. Abraham, we learned from this, this book, is that when Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, we learned something in the book of Hebrews that we didn't know from the book of Genesis, is when he took Isaac and was about to kill him, he was putting his faith into practice, wasn't he? He was doing it. Faith involves doing, acting, but there was a reason why he was willing to experiment with this crazy command from God. Is because he believed God and he actually reasoned. This is the part we learn in Hebrews. He reasoned that God could raise him from the dead. He thought God would raise him from the dead. So he had a reason for believing that, reason for trying it. God said it, I believe it, I'm going to do it. So practice, put it into practice, do, getting into the word, hearing what God says, and doing it. Lord God, help us to do it. Help us to believe, help us to have faith, help us to put these things into practice. And then we get to chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. Let us press on. Am I pressing on? And that idea of pressing isn't kind of, um, yeah, I thought about that last Sunday when the preacher was talking about it. It's, it's not, oh yeah, I read that. You know, I'm, I got into the Word of God today and I, I studied it. So now I can go on. It, it's, it's not just saying, oh yeah, I, I pray every so often. And I know that's what God wants, and so now I can go on. And we go on living our lives, and it's just like we're really not that much different from anybody else around us. And that's not pressing on in the faith. That's not letting the elementary principles, not letting it to, to well, it says leaving the elementary teaching. We don't, we don't leave them in the sense that they don't matter anymore. That's another point here later. But it's just, it's, that's not where we're only at. We're going to leave those things so we can press on to greater things, more difficult things. And we're going to practice things that involve a great amount of faith, a great amount of just trust in God that he said it, so I'm going to do it. And so every day it's, it's working on focusing, focus in on just what does Jesus want me to do? And I'm going to do it with all my heart and all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. This is who I am. And the stuff of the world's not going to take me away from doing what matters. Is your life a life that is pressing on in Christ? 
That it's every day, every moment, this guy, this woman, this gal is living for Jesus. Are you pressing on? And we got to be doing it better and better. The older we get as time passes on. Let us leave, therefore, leave the elementary teaching about the Christ. Let us press on to maturity. Let's become a little bit closer to perfect. Let's be a little bit more complete every day. Let us be a little bit more like Jesus. That's all that matters in life. If we can do that, then everything else is just going to kind of fall into place. In a lot of ways, it makes life easier, but we also need to recognize that it is also going to make life, in a lot of ways, really difficult. Because pressing on and walking in the path of Christ, if you think about what happened to Jesus, you can assume also it's not going to be a pretty path always for us. But let us press on. Even Jesus had to press on. Luke t- chapter 2, verse 52, after, after he uh, went to, was, was found at the temple, right? Uh, turn back there, Luke chapter 2, when he was 12 years old. It says something right before chapter 3. It says something about Jesus. Right after that incident with the... He was teaching everybody, impressing everybody at the temple, even the teachers. Verse 52 says, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Even Jesus was increasing. Even Jesus was pressing on. Last week we looked at the, the, the moment before he went to the cross and we considered Gethsemane. And man, he had to, you talk about a time when he was growing and becoming more perfect. It was at the garden. He was praying, oh, I don't want to do this, but if you're will, I'm going to step forward with faith. Jesus had faith in his father and he pressed on to maturity. So press on. Even Jesus did that. Verses uh, 1 and 2, I already mentioned a little bit about this, but um, let me just continue with verse number 2. This is a list of elementary things. And I still have questions about some of these things. And it would be an interesting Bible study to go through each one of these things because we could discuss them. We could probably have a sermon on each one of these, a class on each one of these. But it's listed with elementary stuff. Basic things. Verse 2, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Basic things. Do you have all those things figured out? Do you, do you look at those and think about them as topic? What, what do I know about the resurrection of the dead? What do I know about eternal judgment? What about the laying on of hands? Tell me about that one. Interesting topics. But we press on. Verse 3. It says, and this we will do, if God permits. We will do this. We're going to go back and revisit those things. All of those elementary things are very, very, very important, and they need revisited constantly. We're not leaving them saying they're unimportant, but they need revisited over and over. But as you gain more and more knowledge of the elementary things, you need to press on to greater things. Now, verse number Verses 4 through 6. This is going to just open up more questions. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened, 
and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. Oh, this is an interesting topic, isn't it? You're going to have questions, questions, questions. I'm not going to answer them today. (laughs) And then they've fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame. Oh. So people can fall away? People can fall away to such a way that they can never return to God, renew themselves to repentance? Well, what about me in my life? There was a time that I kind of turned away and did my own thing. Is it possible for me even to come back? Oh, so many questions. And I will say, this in my mind is today, if you have faith in God, go with that. Because that's real. And press on to maturity. Don't just think, I'm saved. but Press on to maturity. And so we're going to go to, what what did I say, um, the main thought. Do you want to fall away? You know, that's my main thought about those verses. Do you want to fall away? Our answer is no. So let us press on to maturity. And now verses 7 and 8. For ground that drinks, the rain which often falls on it, and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. So, just pause a second. God blesses the fruit of the ground, blesses the ground so that vegetation can go grow up, produce some fruit, right? It's about producing fruit. We know when we're, as we're Christians, we're, as we're Christians, we are supposed to grow up and produce fruit. God is providing all the ways for us to produce fruit, for us to grow up and produce fruit. And if we do, we receive a blessing. That ground receives a blessing from God. 8, verse 8. But if it yields thorns and thistles, this is talking about us, folks, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. Do you want to fall away or not? Do you want to receive a blessing or a cursing from God? Do you you want to be among the sheep on that final day and to hear the words, enter, in, come? Or do you want to hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you? If you? If you want to hear the good words on that end, if you want to make sure your name is written in the book of life, then you need to press on to maturity. Verse number 9 says, But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking this way. Very simply put, beloved, and I say today, to those present, to those online, to those who might be listening somewhere else, we are convinced of better things Better things concerning you. I'm convinced that everybody here can grow in the faith. Everybody can press on to maturity. 
It doesn't just happen. You have to press on. You have to be devoted to it. You have to be prayerful about it. You have to be getting into God's Word. You have to be surrounding yourselves with other Christians who are ready to press into this Word and challenge each other to live according to it. We have got to press on. We have got to be willing to, if we want to receive that blessing, we've got to produce fruit in our lives. We've got to do that. We need to show that Christ is in us. And we also need that, that, that example of faith as we are examples of Christ being salt and light. We want to have an influence on all those around us. So the produ- production of fruit is, it's a very personal thing. I'm growing in my faith in Christ, but it's also a very external thing. I am helping others to grow in their faith also. And I'm teaching others who don't know. About Jesus. I'm teaching them. I'm sharing it with them. That is what God wants from us. So let us press on. If there's anybody here today you haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't died to your your old sinful life. And got this life where you're now pressing on to things that are better. Today's the day. The opportunity for you to do that. So I encourage you to give your life to Jesus. And press on to maturity. When you're immersed into, those, into the watery grave and raised up again, that's the beginning. And then you can begin to grow and increase and become more and more like Jesus. If you need the prayers of the church, you let us know. If you need to give your life to Christ, let us know today. And, today, and now we're going to turn our minds to the Lord's Supper And remember the one who made all of this possible for the the example for us so that we can follow after him.